When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Hello, there's no wrestling this week. There's not, which is why he's allowed <laughs> to say all the things. Also, Josh Brown. Oi, oi, how are you doing? Pretty damn good. Now, I thought we'd just do a dedicated podcast to Mass Effect 2 because we're all still playing through the Legendary Edition. Yes, E3 is in like four days or whatever. Uh, we might do another sort of uh, last minute roundup type thing. But we did do that last week anyway, and we'll just see what happens. But for now, let's just talk about Mass Effect 2 because for the longest time, this was always held up as the best game in the trilogy. And I'm curious what that feel, what, it, what it's felt like going back to it. Josh, as someone who has already been through the trilogy like myself, uh, and Benroy, you're experiencing Mass Effect for the first time. So I kind of want to start with you. Um, how is Mass Effect 2 hit you? What if I was like to say maybe it's one of the greatest games ever made? And We'd say um, we've been telling you that for years. Any, <laughs> any, anyone, who, anyone who's not played it right, I think you should play it. And I think you should play the Legendary Edition. Uh, and yeah, basically... What's this microphone could, work? Are you, are you addressing the arena? I, <laughs> I can't believe... I, everyone, I can't believe how good this is. And because of the rancid piece of... Uh, trash which was mass effect one how it controlled on xbox 360 okay that's why i that's why i bounced off and i never went back because i thought the rest of it would be that garbage and people told me it wasn't but by then i'd already been too ignorant enough to fast forward my life and just <laughs> be like nah that's it it's the witcher 3 all over again <laughs> the Witcher Three was a long a lot less process here but basically i played it it's fantastic. I put 40 hours into it. I think 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was more. And I think it's better than Mass Effect 3 so far. Like the way it just like down to like little minutiae, like uh, how you find missions and things like that. But I can't believe how great it feels just like going around loyalty missions, getting people along. I wish uh, certain characters would get sooner. And mm. uh, But I can't stop gushing. I need to be directed. Ask me a specific question, Scott, because I'm, my mind is in so many places about this game. How I know. Well, see, excellent so it is. This is what we all felt back in like 2010, just sort of yeah. going like, like they. Because I think for me, the the thing that hits me up front, um, especially now going from Mass Effect One straight into Two, is the tonal change. Like, I mean, the opening of Mass Effect Two is still one of the greatest opening sequences ever, and the fact that actually, well, we'll get specific as we go. But I, at the time, I don't remember that ever being talked about. I don't think it was part of the trailers or anything. The fact, I mean, we're going to go full spoilers for this podcast um but the fact that the normandy gets destroyed the fact that that ha- happens in the opening scene and the way oh, that it's know. handled right see so yeah because i knew you going in we kept asking you do you know certain spoilers do you know what the thing is with the intro um, and you said that you didn't so i was looking forward to your reaction to that um super quick though josh how's your how you how have you found revisiting it as someone who always loved it back in the day anyway 
oh my dudes it has aged like a fine wine i'm not even that much of a wine man but i assume wine ages as well as mass effect 2 yeah like this was my favorite game for about 10 years i still remember Top the three. day having the pre-order slip back in 2010 or whenever it came out and i never bunked off school and never ever did it <laughs> but at lunch i went down into town to pick up mass effect 2 i was that excited about it it made me break from being a goody two-shoes in, sh in school that's how excited i was it, no, the, the idea of you being in school in 2011 is horrific <laughs> but carry on i think i was just i was like exiting school i think i was right. either in the last year of school or the first year of college i'm pretty sure it was the last year of school you doesn't matter <laughs> my school life isn't important here what isn't isn't important is that this has held up to the image that i had of it in my head when something becomes your favorite anything you might occasionally think you're embellishing parts of it or exaggerating parts it's been mm. a long time since i played mass effect 2 but going back to this edition, I feel like I fully agree with Benroy because I actually hadn't played the DLC, just couldn't afford it back at the time. There was never, to my knowledge, a Game of the Year edition that rolled it all in. There might have been on the PlayStation 3, but I don't think there was in the Xbox I don't think so. I, I ended up buying it all separately. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I never experienced that. So going back to the core game, getting everything out of that, I also played it for dot on 40 hours, which was extremely satisfying. Mm -hmm. To get do all of the side missions, some N7 stuff that I hadn't done before, and do all of the DLC, I was just like this is the perfect whole and when you compare it to mass effect one which i also love but especially mass effect three mass effect three takes away a lot of stuff that you kind of take for granted in two like the wealth of conversations options conversation options the way the normandy feels properly lived in you know you've got people talking about their dinner talking about their lives <laughs> everything feels just so lively in two and like roy i just I, I was like living in it man i was like just didn't want to leave this space <laughs> hey hey the thing that i was going to throw in was the the thing that i love the most is that it nails the dark middle chapter thing and i think that was more in vogue at the time um i mean you had it all if you take a whole spectrum of like the likes of jack 2 prince of persia warrior within were doing dark middle chapters as like the attitude era style stuff like everyone had a goatee and it was just everyone's really annoyed about everything and everyone speaks really gruffly and everything but i think that you know in in, in more traditional sci-fi stakes it tends to be the star wars middle chapter empire is obviously the dark middle chapter and mass effect 2 is their version of empire so to bring it all back around to like i said that opening sequence the fact that when the normandy gets blown up and the sound drops out and you realize you're looking around this whole environment where you've shared so many memories the galaxy map is completely devastated and like i said the sound drops out and you're just sort of taking in the reality of what's happening i remember that realization at the time of just being like oh were all the trailers a lie is whatever the hell's gonna happen after this i have no idea and then seeing shepherd get um, recreated, stitched back together, sort of whatever, all those weird injections, all these different ways that Cerberus bring you back. Um, and the fact that Cerberus were this little side group in the original that you could completely miss if you weren't combing the entire map. And then now they're back into the forefront and you're dealing with the elusive man and it's Martin Sheen and everything else. Um, that stuff like absolutely blew me away. But yeah. anyway, what was your thoughts on the, on the intro stuff? I mean, like, I knew nothing about this game. Like, the only thing I knew, I think I've heard, like, uh, someone, uh, Brad Shoemaker mentioned the Elusive Man for 10 years, and that's about it. <laughs> and um, I think, I didn't even know anything about Master at One. Like, it wasn't until, like, one of my idiot friends goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I we're doing sports Master One, like, uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Uh, either Caden or Ashley dies. I was like, oh, at the, the moments before I was doing it, oh, yeah, thanks, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just going into this and being on the, side of cerberus but still it i will say it feels a bit like not fully committed like everyone's like you're with cerberus but we're let you on the sit down things like that. Like, mm. i guess it's the amount of goodwill you've built up with like the galaxy and i like that i i, I would have liked there a bit to be a bit more conflict with the alliance to be pushed out a bit more mm -hmm. 
But I think because I had all the DLC there, like uh, I could do the ha- uh, hack it. Hackett, uh, Admiral Hackett's the guy that always like yeah. rings you and keeps you informed about the alliance. Yeah, because I think he's mainly just DLC, and he's like, "All right, mate, let's have a little chat and then go and save my doctor friend." And then like, I felt like I was in there. I felt like Keith David was ghosting me a bit because we only got to have one <laughs> chat, and then I, I mean, I'd made him, I, I put him into the council, and then he didn't. We didn't even get to have like cake or anything. It's just like, let's have one chat and then let's go, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's confusing. Like, and I think. Can I just say every time they this new game, like every time we go into a game, the the Citadel is different. And I just, I mean, I get it between one and two because there's big fight, but between two and three, like come on, like yeah. I don't know why. I, I guess they feel like they need to justify it, sort of thing. But I don't... oh, see, I, I quite like that they flesh out the Citadel. Like the Citadel is one of my favorite areas to be in, mainly because I just I love cyberpunk fiction and stuff yeah. like that. And it's one of the, I mean, they do cyberpunk visuals on like Omega and stuff, and you go to various cityscapes that are kind of like that. But Mad I love that the Omega DLC in number three, like. Mm-hmm. I just went. I just did the Omega thing as I guess this is DLC because I'm I'm locked into this for like two hours or something like that, and it's Matt. It just keeps going and going. But like, yeah, going to Omega in two, and uh, obviously because DLC, mm-hmm. uh, Zaid is there straight away. It's just knocking someone out. You're right, mate. <laughs> and obviously, this it just feels weird being thrown into it. But then you get introduced to one of the greatest characters of all time, Modern. Yeah, just brilliant. And I've just got back to him. I'm Aspect Three. I'm just smiling, and I was like. You're in a little box. I felt like you could die. Just let's just <laughs> let's just cross my toes and just like try and save you at all costs and just batter do, anyone that goes near you. I do like the like the the reality that obviously you're like a newcomer to it, but Morden still stands out to you as one of the best characters because he always yeah. has been. Like I mean, obviously you've met Thane and everything too. Um, but like that that the, the whole reason that Mass Effect I think stands out and has stood the test of time is the writing is especially is the character writing. Like there's a market at world building and you can get lost in the codex, it's... but it is those interactions with characters like Morden. It's weird because you say Fane and he's like a nobody to me because oh. I was avoiding seeing Liara for the longest time because me and Miranda sort of like challenged each other. I was like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to go back into, I don't want to be like, oh, how you doing? How you doing? And then have that awkward conversation and be like, you know, it, it feels like, yeah, I, I was saying to you guys, it feels like being in relationships in like school or sixth form, you know, uh-huh. and um, <laughs> eventually go speak to her and it was fine. And we did the Shadow Roker DLC and Oh, uh, we just about that as well. We just we just agreed to be friends, but then now in Mass Effect Three, I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I love you. And then Miranda comes along as a, maybe I love you as well. So I love these two women at the same time, and they just I can't help but throw myself into this as I would as in my mindset as if I when I was playing. It's like. Mm-hmm. Just, just like i don't know what to say i can't come in i'm scared sort of i thing. do love that they have written so many different responses to the the way that you can approach the amount of romances that are let's say on the table um because you know if you decide to start doing that then the characters realize that you can have show- those little showdowns in the meeting room where they'll sort of do a do a yennefer and tris and uh you know get like talk to shepherd and be like okay what are we doing which one of us are you going for let's and actually this, figure this stuff with kelly chambers is great as well like I kelly chambers is a divisive figure in this here chat because mr jb is not a fan Kelly Chambers is the only person on that ship I wouldn't have mind blowing out the airlock. <laughs> Kelly Chambers is has not held up well. And every time I spoke to her, it was like I, I don't I don't know. It was like doing something very painful, and we had this cold hostility to one another. When wow. she was like, "Oh, are you gonna if if I fell, would, I you, would you catch, you catch me? me?" No, no, Kelly, you go straight on the <laughs> bloody metallic floor. There's no chance you're getting back up. Whereas, so like, whereas my so ship sweet. is like. Yeah, I'll catch you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. is like you can always go down there. I mean, the how many... I don't know if you... Do you know about the Will Bang OK memes, Mr. Benroy? Because that was a whole thing across no. the 2010s. 
there's a, that's a whole world that you'll have to Google um, after this. But the amount of different um, romances and different sort of sexual innuendo and everything else that came out of, especially in two, when they really started leaning into it, um, was just such a meme. Mass Effect was like the big old shagging franchise for the vast majority of and the uh, Tally the as well. Like Tally was like, now I think we're in love, and I was like. Yeah, and then I did the Simpson Homer thing into the bushes, but I just went inside the rat. Like, yes, like I really like you, but I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go away now. I've got you. You've got too many other important um, calibrations to be getting on with. Yeah. Um, Josh, did you? You must. You finished it. So, what did you think of the um, the Shadow Broker stuff? Because you've missed that back in the day. Yes, I saved the Shadow Broker and Arrival for after I'd finished um, the suicide mission. So they were the last two things I did, went back, saw um, Liara. And I thought Shadow Broker was so great in just how it escalates. It almost feels bigger than some of the stuff in the actual game in yeah. terms of the way the set pieces are produced. You know, you're discovering her apartment, then you're suddenly, you know, chasing down this spectre. It was cool to see another spectre again. I realized... Mm-hmm. How much I missed that stuff um, until it arrived again, because you know they talk a lot about the Spectres, but you rarely see them after Mass Effect One. And even in Mass Effect One, you only really see Saren and Nihilus, and then yourself. So it was mm-hmm. cool to see what other people were doing. And I thought the crack with Liara was really good, and it almost made me wish I had those interactions for the rest of the game. Because if I have one drawback, and it's not really a drawback because of just how ambitious this game is. It's that because there are so many squad members in Mass Effect 2, a lot of the time they don't have much to say in the missions themselves, nothing Mm. unique. Often it's practically like one of them isn't even there, and that goes especially so for the DLC. But when you're confined to just Liara and one of the person who doesn't talk in the Shadow Broker DLC, you're having these back and forth, and you get so much more of Shepard's personality and so much more of Liara's. And, you know, what's already there is great, but that was like an extra step up. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I always thought Liara was pretty good, like, okay, but she wasn't my favorite. I never romanced or anything. Uh This time around, I am romancing her, so when I caught back up and we had this kind of tension and at this point i noshed garris off and was getting it on with him <laughs> and liara comes in and she says like oh um you know you want to get back with me but i hear you're doing more than um calibrating weapons with garris back in the normandy Fantastic. and we had to go through this whole thing and i was like that's cool this tension between squad members the way we bounce off each other the way that they're not just blindly following me anymore i was like mm-hmm. that's neat and the mission itself um is really really good so i was i love that i got to experience that for the first time fresh and i love that there was still elements in this game not to go too much of a tangent mm-hmm. that i've I, you know i played it a bunch of times but i was still finding new stuff and i was still finding new perspectives on things that i already thought i had locked down the first time so it's like one of those games that just keeps on giving in especially so with the legendary edition mm-hmm. uh, can i just say this is the now the mass effect relationships podcast but when you yes, like please. you speak to <laughs> someone as a oh yeah so next time i'm free we'll um we'll do Come the, let me know when you've got some time we'll um we'll take <laughs> our clothes off and do the thing uh, yeah and then like it's just before the suicide mission. That's the only time it's free. When, when literally, when someone like me who would, lo- when you lose all your team crewmates at one point, the ship's pretty empty. <laughs> that's what that's way into the suicide mission like jesus don't have all the time um to bring it back to the shadow broker just quickly because the, the thing with that the it, i if there's any one qualm that i have with the way that the legendary edition handles mass effect 2 it's that because they give you the layer of the shadow broker um immediately oh sorry when liara opens up in the story it kind of breaks the timeline a little bit like you end up going to her the first time knowing that she's looking at looking for the shadow broker and like the uh, the mission description says um, that these are the details that Liara is looking for, but it's like you haven't actually had that conversation yet. And like in the original rollout of the game, obviously the game came first, Shadow Broker came months later, and it felt like this payoff to something that they'd been
been talking about and teasing in Mass Effect 1 even, um, and then in, in for 2. So I think that's one of the only qualms. I kind of wish they'd gone in a little bit more and maybe rewrote that text entry or something because it was one of the only things that stood out is like, if I was going through this first time and I... I don't know, I kind of followed that up, like, like specifically, then I I wouldn't know as Shepard that Liara was doing this thing in her new line of work and everything else. But the location where that Shadowbroker DLC takes place is, like, my favorite location in the whole trilogy. Like, I mean, I know that they changed it for the uh, Legendary Edition. I think they added more lens flares. They added, like, a sun in the distance or something. But um, even the original version was, like, this insane weather cloud, all these electric storms, and, like, the Shadowbroker's ship is full of these different like radar dishes and stuff so he can survive or they can survive inside this insane place i just thought that environment was just so crazy um and as far as i know you only meet one of that species you can read about they're them in, in codex they're in mass effect 3 when you go to ah. uh, the uh, when you go to a planet and you meet morden again mm. there's a bunch of those lads um wrecking shop when things oh, okay. go awry but i've not spoken to another one of them Right, right. Um, yeah, actually, in general, how have you found, Benroy, how have you found the side missions and stuff? Like, we can talk about lowly things in a sec, but, like, in terms of exploration, how does it match up to one? I did every single thing possible <laughs> in that game. And then I was a bit annoyed that um, when your crewmates get taken, that there's a, it's, it's a, you do this now or you don't. And I was like, well, I mm. don't want to. I don't want to finish the story and then go back and do side stuff. So that's why I left Shadow Broker stuff. Because I, I had heard on the Twitter machine, I'd seen people go, don't do Shadow Broker until near the end. So that that also helped because I was avoiding Liara because I was like having my <laughs> sort of like, well, why well, me and Brand are sort of like uh, being friends now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, well, till death to us part, but I died. So whatever. And um, <laughs> so I'm fine. Yeah. But a lot of the side stuff, man, it's just, just, just nice and i love how it just takes you to those points in the galaxy and mm. i would spend uh hours just scanning planets as well and just that's one thing i was going to ask you as someone coming in new what do you think of the planet yeah. scanning stuff love it give it to, give it to me forever and i'll just play head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. I mean, I wouldn't just play a game with just that, but I mean, it's the best option they've had in any of those games. It's better than the Marco stuff, like the Mako Marco. I'm calling it the Marco now, uh, so get over it, it into that. But uh, yeah, that stuff was fine for like two missions. I was like, 
it's pretty like whatever okay i mean i guess it was worse in one but in this edition it wasn't offensive mm. after a while it, while it was just like uh the same sort of bland sort of like texture and then don't kill some monkeys or you're gonna get renegade po- stupid amount of renegade points but i feel like we completely as a as a species we completely stepped over the reality of um the i can't even think of its name now but that floating missile throwing vehicle that you get in mass effect 2 it's only in the dlc you get it in the overlord yeah. dlc i think it's in the firewalker <laughs> dlc but um that is very much them taking the the chassis of the mako and then giving it some boosters and missiles and stuff and that yeah. should be in the conversation like that thing is pretty fun to boost around it i, th- I really enjoyed it i think that machine sucks ass i think it's the worst <laughs> thing Maybe what? in this entire existence. I remember what are you talking about? At the time, because that was part of the season pass. That was a free DLC you got. And uh-huh. I remember being buzzing about it because I was a huge Mako fan. And I was like, right, I want some more exploration. I want this to come back. And then I got it. And I was like, these are the most boring missions ever. And oh. the thing itself, what I love about the thing itself is that, you know, if you're playing on a higher difficulty or even not, like it goes down in so few hits. I'm spitting it all does myself. Have crap so life. angry. Yeah. Um, it's got crap life. It's hard to use. I always felt like I was getting blown up and sent back to a checkpoint and i love that in mass effect 3 they actually um you, you can talk about where that's gone mm. to one of the um crew members down in the in the armory in the in the guys like oh yeah we uh, we sent it off to get some retrofits because the armor was <laughs> terrible and it was just oh, no cool. good at all so yeah. i like that they referenced that but I'm, I'm pleased they got rid of it because while it's cool to, like boost around and jump around especially in the um overlord dlc where you get like kind of hub world i think the actual combat in it is worse than the makos so for me <laughs> yeah 100 it is it is yeah. i just i i do I, yeah i prefer the makeup but like i still think that it's it's in the conversation like i think once you got used to the boosting you're sort of like fighting it on like a horizontal plane no, sorry vertical plane and you're like dodging missiles in midair as you're like raining down fire from above i just thought that was kind of cool and i don't remember I've that being a thing before i've got a solution for the next mass effect game go on i've so those worlds are bland and boring and crap as they were just have them randomly generated or let you just shoot some probes down like just give you one because <laughs> i think you could just like the amount of random generation we've had in games now is so impressive you could just like like spit out a, a terrain but yeah mm-hmm. you go there's some monkeys drive around and don't run them over it's fine <laughs> and then just or just shoot some probes for hours and that's why I, I I just want to shoot probes down but like I can I bring up one issue that I think is that not a major issue with the series but an mm-hmm. issue I have yes. like where they kind of go you do your decisions right and then they kind of go oh yeah and they're like it makes more sense between two uh one and two where like oh yeah everyone left because you died and then everyone's doing their own thing but then between two and three it's like ah you went to earth and ah Ah, you've got, you haven't got anyone. You haven't got anyone's number and anything like that. And it was done. You've just got to come across them again. Like, why have I got? Was his name James? I'm not using him. James Vega. <laughs> Ever everyone in this galaxy, and then like you start off with Addison, like me and Keith David destroyed the galaxy, and then that oh, you've got James. No, <laughs> no, I'm not using James ever. <laughs> no, he's apparently more um, deep than we ever gave him credit for. But I, 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 it'd be I deep when he gets thrown that. in the pit. I don't need him. <laughs> Look, this is this is a conversation for the Mass Effect Three podcast. So I have to wait and see how <laughs> well Mass Effect Three James there. I know but that was the thing though like back when you know you had mass effects changing identity over time as it became more of a like this bro shooter thing like especially mass effect 3 where they were like it's a perfect place to start and look at all this action all these multiplayer and you can hang out with james vega and it was just like what are you guys doing it got so far away from where it started 
And um, we should touch on the uh, the loyalty mission stuff because if you you know look deep enough in the conversations with uh, Garrus and Rex in Mass Effect One, you can find some loyalty missions, but they're not necessarily flagged as such in the UI or anything. But here you've got like the specific structure of doing a loyalty mission, getting an unlockable costume, finding out more about the character. And um, do you guys have any favorites you want to point out, or what's your general feeling on the way that they handle just unlocking the rest of that person, the rest of that character? Ooh, favorites. It's it's hard because like for me the loyalty missions are like the best content of the game. Like yeah. that's what makes Mass Effect 2 so special because you get a further understanding of all these people. And for the most part, they're always like really varied and really interesting. Obviously, I love teaming up with my boy Garrus to maybe <laughs> get some revenge. And um, I thought Thanes was pretty cool. Like mm -hmm. I used to always not really love that one, but this time around I really appreciated more of his philosophy, more ways coming from. Samara's is obviously, you know, iconic because of the choice it gives you between her and Morinth towards the end. I'm just naming them all because they're all that good. <laughs> I, think, I really uh, like Legion's one. I thought Legion's, Legion's was actually pretty good for how little you get of a Legion in the I game. I wish they put Legion in earlier. Like if there's one through line that goes through all three games, it's the conversation between organics and synthetics and the different ideas of give, give, giving yourself into technology and what that means and losing parts of yourself and everything else. What? Sorry, a point almost escaped my mouth. I was that excited about it. I don't want to interrupt <laughs> it. <laughs> you should. Um, I was just want to keep it in, let it out. I just wanted to gush about Tally's. I think Tally's is my favorite. And um, this time around, love Tally even more. Mm. And I love how dark hers gets, you know, with what her father was doing and how to get her loyalty. You actually have to cover it up. You know, you, you're not allowed to tell anyone what was going on and you have to choose um, her over, you know, the in the rest of the quarians and the quarian mm -hmm. council and stuff and i thought that was cool a cool little wrinkle and i i, I wonder better when you were going through it did you nearly make some not mistakes but did you nearly lose someone's loyalty or was that because well the first time i played it you know when you have those infighting between yeah. the crew members i didn't have all the paragon or renegade points so i would have to mm. choose you know so i would lose the loyalty and the same with that tally thing where i made the wrong decision and then i was like oh i should have stuck with my good pal there this time around <laughs> saved everyone and have since but um i'm wondering if because it's your first time did you ever maybe miss that I um I'm a Jedi, not like my, my father before me, but I'm a very good boy, <laughs> and I was full paragon. You've got the high ground all the way. Yeah, I had the high ground, and I, like, am I going to life Italian? Yeah, sure. I don't know these people. Like, she'll be she'll sort it out eventually. And uh, when I see, uh, was it Jack and? Is it Jack? Does Jack have a fight? Jack and Brand have a fight, Jack and, and also their stuff is so good. Tally and Legion have a fight. Of course, I'm just gonna like you know simmer it down and go for the blue option and just sweat <laughs> out. But no, I'm, I I the one time that I thought I was gonna lose it was Zed, Zaid, and I was like, well, he's gonna want to kill this person, so mm -hmm. I'm just like, and this person seems like a dirt bag, and this person has caused so much pain throughout the galaxy. Uh, when you wait up, it's, it's, it's a fake video game, but I'm not talking about it's worth the lives that are there to just sacrifice <laughs> to kill to stop this guy from causing any more pain. Mm -hmm. And that's what I figured was the right thing in the game. And it worked out fine. But yeah, I, I never came close because I always had so much Paragon points because I'm always like, oh, yeah, I'll get your cat out of the tree as I'm trying to save the world. <laughs> But like, no. I think at some point you should go back if, you, if you're going to want to go back after you've done the entire trilogy, but you should go back and do a Renegade run just for the sake of the, the dialogue that it unlocks, the way the script is done. It's just, it's, and the Renegade stuff is so fun. Who did you, um, as we close that, who did you two run with? Like, who is, who is, who is your go-tos if you were to just pick the two? It's Garrison Liara for me. Ooh, 
Oh, you can't get. Oh, you mean in Mass Effect Two though? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you meant like trilogy-wise. Yeah, into um, I've been just swapping between everybody mainly because this time the trophies are making me pick people based on their powers. So it's been a lot of um, Morden all the time because he has Incinerate and Cryoblast, and then just swapping out the other person. So it's been like Miranda. I I tried taking Jacob out because I was to say everyone. Not it's not like everyone hates Jacob, but he gets held up as a bland person. And I was like, no, I'm gonna give him a chance. I'm gonna bring him out on these different main missions and see what he's like. And he is a bit bland. He's fine. <laughs> but he doesn't really give you very I had much. Jacob's powers, so I didn't need him. Well, yeah, there's that too. But that's the thing as well, is I'm always like, oh, well, my dude has these powers, so I don't need um, X character. But I don't know. I start thinking I have a mix of stuff. I try and like see everybody, but it's, um, yeah, my, my go-to, if I can, are Liara and Garrus. But in uh, 2, I love bringing Garrus because he has the concussion blast, and I just love what that does in terms of like forcing an enemy out of cover or getting them to you know pull them out of cover and stuff like that. Um, so it's like it's whatever biotic uh, powers I can combine. But personality-wise, it's it's Liara and Garrus. Hmm. It's um, modern uh, or modern and Miranda or Garrus for me because I think incinerate <laughs> is so essential, like just to wipe out someone's armor, like you can just get rid of it instantly, and then to have warp or overload or he the heavy concussion shot. I think <laughs> they just team up perfectly and i was trying to mix people up but when it got to the final suicide run i was just like nah modern miranda <laughs> you are my guys you are the people i need in this team so we could just absolutely rinse these collectors and yeah. get to the end actually one thing um, that i think two first highlighted that i don't like for me biotic charge as if you go down the um i think it's vanguard that gives you the biotic charge i have the biotic charge that's my class power that for me is such a not necessarily OP, but such a standout class power that I don't think any of the other individual class powers come anywhere close. Like Soldier's Slow Motion, there's the tech little tech drone that you can send out, um, or you can get like tech shielding and stuff. But it's just, Biotic Charge literally lets you close the distance, finish someone off. Maybe you can change it and do the area reflecting if you want instead. But I don't feel like they ever topped that. And so for me, it's been hard. I started as an adept. I was like, I'm going to do something else. Um, and over time, after I went through a few uh, fights, I was like, nah, I am missing the biotic charge. Like, I'm like longing for it. So I ended up restarting after four hours just so I could get the biotic charge. Um, which classes did you guys get? And what, how have you found the um Can the I just jump power? in and say my teammates? Yes. My teammates were Morden and Miranda. No, it, it was yeah, Grunt and it was, it was it was Grunt and it was Jacob. Like everyone loves it. But um, <laughs> Morden and Miranda, they, they were the ones. And as I said, Josh said, for the last mission, you need them to take down the Harbinger. Like... Bam with the warp, bam with the fire, wipe them out, get going, mm -hmm. sort of thing. But, uh, and I think overall that would be my picks. But yeah, uh, classes, I was forced into, I'm just going to roll into this and just jump in and take yeah. control. I, I accidentally <laughs> did mean, soldier. Direct control. Taking control. I, I did accidentally did soldier in one. I think I did quick start. That's what you two thought. I, I, I don't know what I did, but I was pushed into being a soldier. Didn't get to change anything apart from my name. So I just Did you not change wrong. it at the start of two? Because I know you picked the wrong thing at the start of one. Oh yeah, I was an, yeah. I was a Vanguard in two and now I'm an adept in three. Okay, but okay. Um, ah. the only thing I got to change in one was I changed my name to Roy. And then... Um, uh that's that's already and then i guess i can pass to you scott who did you like to put yeah. <laughs> well, like I, said, I like the old vanguard but it's like that's only because of the biotic charge i like the idea of the slow motion soldier thing too um josh did you go back to what you knew and loved or did you try something else i did you know tragically when it came to the classes and play style i've played it exactly how i played them back in the day <laughs> i think there's something about this like mass effect is this massive rpg i've played the first two games especially loads of times mm -hmm. and yet you always end up playing it the exact same way because it's so enjoyable and it's because it's like so fun and i like being that character like role-playing as that character but anyway mm -hmm. in terms of class yes it was vanguard for the biotic charge because i think 
on high difficulties, wild biotic charge is quite this risk reward thing where you can get you into the fray. It also recharges your shields. As soon mm-hmm. as you click it, it gives you an instant shield boost. So I found that very essential when I was like low health and I was like, crap, 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 just biotic sh- charge to you, mm-hmm. find some cover. I thought that was really good. And in, in three, I'm continuing the Vanguard thing, though I do wish. I went to depth because I love all. Everyone the says I know the hardcore Mass Effect fans. I know that we're not necessarily, but I know that people shout out at depth a lot. That when you get that powered up, it is. I did, yeah, hardcore. It's just fun to like <laughs> elevate dudes with like L one, like blast them with R one or whatever. If you start combining those powers together, and um, one thing I was going to end on is the um, the villains of the piece, like the combination of the collectors and depending on how you go, the elusive man. Um, what did you think of him compared to Saren? Because I think as a trilogy, we tend to hold up Saren as the best villain in, Ma- in the Mass Effect trilogy. And like, I, I love Saren. I love going up against him. I love the conversations that come from him and the fact that you can kind of change his mind over time. Um, but the way that they draw the thematics in, like I said, that through line conversation of organics versus synthetics and all the conversations you can have with the elusive man about prioritizing humanity and how that sort of reflects back on your conversations with, um, you know, saving the council and stuff like that. How have you got, how did you guys find the collectors in the elusive man? Ben Roy, what was your, your big old thoughts? Uh, I didn't really like Saren as much, I think, because he had such a terrible boss fight at the end. Uh, where you... he's, he's good for 20 hours before then. I mean, you don't really see him for the whole game. And then he's oh. with um, Liara's mum. But then when he bounces around the room, you're like, oh, I can't kill you now because there's no... Because I've got to kill some, some guys. Uh, I think the Elusive Man's great. I gave the Elusive Man the the, the place. I was like, screw it. I'm going to give it. <laughs> I this... being Paragon. At this giant... Well, I was at the end. I, you don't... you got to be a dark side. you got to kill a few Tusken Raiders on your way. So mm-hmm. I had this giant potato in the sky with all these fly men, and, and then we'll sort out later. And then I guess now that's bad because now he's like, ha-ha, I was going to screw you all along, and I'm getting screwed, but I'm also just beating his men up. So. You're low to yourself, Ben Roy. But yeah, I, I gave him the potato man, potato, the giant potato in the sky, uh, and I think he's the best sort of... Thing. I don't want to talk about anything about Mass Effect 3 because I'm not spoiling that as such. No. But I and, but I also like uh how you sort of resolve things with the Geth and Legion. And mm. I um I'm just gonna say I rewrote the Geth in that I didn't destroy them. I do have one actual quick question before I move on to uh Josh. Benroy, what's your thoughts on the giant human Reaper baby? Because a lot of people hate that. Just it's just like a Resident <laughs> Evil boss, though. It looks like that big thing out of Resident Evil 6. But before you hand it to Josh, I'm gonna say, I hate how you can't use whatever weapons you want to start the game. It takes ages to get the assault rifle. Yes, just gonna say that I think that's stupid. I think like if they're rebuilding you, you should be able to use an assault rifle straight away. Sorry, Josh, what did you do? Well, they opened it up for one <laughs> and then they restricted it back down for two and yeah. they reopened it again for three. So it's it's not great. Josh, though, collectors, hey. elusive man, where you at? Yeah, I love the elusive man, but I wouldn't really class him as a villain in two. Not on the same mm. level as Saren. He's just sort of like this. Oh, I think he's a villainous nuisance. presence. He's a villainous presence. He's like the devil on your shoulder. But it's, I don't think it's the same that you're constantly chasing someone down. Mm. If I have any kind of drawback from this 10 out of 10 game, I think it's that the collectors, while good as a group, could have maybe had a figurehead. I know the harbinger's mm. there in a way, but you don't really inter- interact with He's him more of in a game the same way that you do. Yeah, you don't well, really I... interact with him in the same way as you do Sovereign or Saren, and I would have liked someone to hunt down who's like leading them and is more of a presence in the story as opposed to the actual game. But otherwise, Elusive Man, very good. Collectors, really fun. And I love the twist that the Protheans, that blew me away when I was younger, <laughs> blew me away now. I love what you just said there, Josh, because if I was rewriting this now, Ashley or Caden, whoever survived, I would have had them be the figurehead and then you save them. Ooh. Like, there you go. That that makes that character even more important. 
that would oh, have been cool. a hell of a twist. That, yeah, that, that, that would be one hell of a way to go because they just sort of that was. I mean, there's a whole. They're just side. there and gone. They're on the planet, and it makes sense to take them off the planet there and turn them into the figurehead. Yeah, I, like I like that a lot. I guess that, that's the thing though. When they the things that come across in Mass Effect One, they're either a news report on the galactic radio, or maybe you get like one scene, like the council scene, or this scene where like whoever you whoever you saved in Mass Effect One comes back on that planet. Um, for a bit but all round Mass Effect 2 is just brilliant we've just sort of we've absolutely <laughs> loving it we'll try and do another podcast on Mass Effect 3 um because I am curious just how that lands in 2021 both for people who are returning to it along having actually having all the DLC like I saw um creative director Mark Walters just saying like that he hopes that because everything is now available that it just makes that ending work in a way that it couldn't do beforehand and also they gutted all the galactic readiness stuff out of it so you don't need to worry about any app connectivity BS or playing multiplayer to get a meter up or whatever um it should just come together the way that I guess the developers always intended to before EA kind of got their tendrils in and said, hey, can you separate Javik off and make him a paid DLC and everything? So hopefully three lands um, after the momentum of one and two. Um, for now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. I am the biggest... Take time, mate. Go on, take your time, go on. I, I was just... <laughs> I'm the, I'm the biggest Mass Effect 2 fan in the world. Fight me. You can't fight me because we're all in lockdown, so get over it. I will. And also, Josh Brown. See you later. Always a pleasure. Never know what's going to happen in these outros. Always good. Always surprising. Always <laughs> Benroy. Benroy always takes the Renegade option. I always take the Paragon, I, I think. know he's Paragon the yeah. whole time till the end. Real life Benroy <laughs> doing the same life choices. Give them the space potatoes. <laughs> till next time, we'll catch you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.